Our gospel lesson for today comes from the Gospel of John. When it was evening on that first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so also I send you. And when he had said this, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. But Thomas was not with them when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and I put my finger in the uh, and I put my finger in the mark of the nails and I put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later the disciples were in the house and Thomas was with them, and although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And reach out your hands and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas answered, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet who have come to believe. Please pray with me. Holy God, be with us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This scripture passage is a little bit familiar for many of us. Depending on the day, each of us have the capacity to become Doubting Thomas. And so it always feels appropriate when this text comes up year after year on this Sunday after Easter when we celebrate confirmation. Because the task of confirmation, of confirming your faith, means in part facing your doubt. And while confirmation is mostly a task that we just ask of our young people, I know that each one of us would have our own wrestling to do if we were asked to write a faith statement this week. Faith and doubt are like a binary star, two distinct ways of being orbiting around each other that appear always together and merge seemingly into one. Faith and doubt are two sides of the same coin, two peas in a pod, ketchup and mustard, peanut butter and jelly, salt and pepper, springtime and baseball. Confirmation somehow amplifies the proximity between faith and doubt. One confirmation student this year put it gracefully, saying, The times I feel most alone are the times when I feel like God has left me and I have no one to turn to. They imply two things at the same time by saying this, God, I need you more than ever. And God, I cannot touch or see your presence right now. 
This is a doubting Thomas orientation to the world. But then again, like all the ancient psalms of lament, our confirmands oscillate between faith and doubt, between frustration and adoration. And these confirmation confessions are accompanied by an equally graceful affirmation. In my darkest moments, one person wrote this year, I have prayed to God with faith, and God is always there to listen and advise me. The impossibility of feeling abandoned by God is met by the possibility of God's reliability. And these days hold that tension too. We feel it in our bones, the impossibility of feeling abandoned by God met by the possibility of God's reliability. If faith and doubt orbit around one another with renewed intensity these days, our confirmands have a lot to say about that. Decidedly that God is present even when God is silent, and that nearness to God has something to do with crying out to God when the days are long and the nights are hard and all seems to be struggle. For while confirmation makes a way for doubt and affirms 20th century theologian Paul Tillich's claim that doubt is an inescapable and essential part of faith, this year's confirmation class ultimately ends up with a litany of hope. A litany of hope not just for each of you confirmands individually, but for all of us, for me and for us together as we seek a way through. So as we move toward the ritual of confirmation today, Bill and I will offer up a small portion of this litany of hope from our confirmands with words from this year's confirmands that seem to resonate with the times. But first, four stray thoughts about doubting Thomas and his encounter with Jesus. First, Jesus enters into places where the doors are shut for fear of death. Did you notice that? That Jesus didn't open the door. He enters in, even though the doors are shut. Jesus' disciples fear death by the local powers that be, those Jewish authorities and Roman soldiers who felt threatened by Christ's litany of hope for the hopeless and liberation for those without liberties. And our doors are shut now, too, for fear of death, and rightly so. So many doors are shut now for fear of death. The doors of our schools now for the rest of the year, the doors of our church for some unknown duration, the doors of local stores, some maybe for good the doors of opportunity, the doors of possibility, in some cases, even the doors of justice. How many more doors might shut, O oh God? Jesus enters in to these places where the doors are shut for fear of death. Second, Jesus is recognized by his woundedness. All of the disciples, Thomas included, are eventually invited to see the wounds in Christ's hands that remain there even after the mystery of the resurrection. 
In other words, we do not worship a God of shining perfection, but a God who is made perfect in weakness, in hardship, in woundedness. We worship a God with, with scars. We worship a wounded healer, a God who knows intimately what it means to draw breath and to draw one's own breath. A God who knows intimately the pain and ache of fever and heartbreak and loss. Jesus is recognized by his woundedness. And third, when Jesus shows up speaking peace to the disciples, he is not made manifest in some grand sanctuary or well-furnished chapel. Jesus shows up in someone's home, a home ill-prepared for such a holy visit. And our homes are ill-prepared too, yes, for work, for school, for life, for sacred rituals like these that unfold today in our homes. Our global economy is ill-prepared to sit idle and to wait and to return to health. Our healthcare systems are ill-prepared to bear the burden of exponential illness. And our sanctuary, too, our church home is ill-prepared to sit empty. All is ill-prepared. But on that first Easter evening, Jesus was not made manifest in grand sanctuary or the king's court, but at home, at the family table where soup and bread and cereal and toast are prepared. Jesus shows up to the places where we are ill-prepared for such hope, such peace, such tenderness to arrive. And finally, Thomas's faith is not made so much in seeing, but in touch. And today, somehow, we've ended up in a situation where we value and notice and long for touch in a way we've never understood before. The handshake, the hug, the absent-minded shoulder bump in a crowded train station, a friend sitting next to you on the couch, a mentor sitting across from you at lunch, we long for touch. And we long so much for touch that some of it is too raw to mention. The shared comfort of burying our dead together or holding the hand of the dying. It all seems too much to process even, too raw to name aloud. The infinite chorus of human community harbors a deep longing to be together. So because of that deep longing, I want to approximate at least the deep and wide cacophony of voices who are displaying for us today a litany of hope. I want you to hear the reverberations of this year's confirmation community. I want you to hear their voices and to meet their God, the God in whom they place their trust. The God in whom they place their trust is the God they know because you, Kenilworth Union Church, you, family and friends, you, church across the ages, have been there with them as mentors and teachers. You have been saying yes to them all along as they say yes to God. So the following is what I call their litany of hope. 
their common faith arising from their individual and collective experiences. I know God is part of my everyday life. God is there when times are tough. God's heart is always unlocked to us. My faith is rooted in the passion and faithfulness of my grandmother. My faith is made strong by my friends. With God, we are never alone. God holds me when I cannot walk anymore. God is my shelter in times of hardship. God is seen in pain and in prayer. Jesus carries the message of God from Nazareth to me. God is with us and even on the risky path. Christ's light shines during the darkest times. Jesus is a gift from God so that we might see God face to face. The love of God is not a reward we can earn, but a gift freely given. Through prayer I hear the kindness of God. God is with us especially through pressure and hardship. I let Jesus guide me. God is the answer to the unknown. I notice God throughout my everyday life. Through a warm hug or in the sun rising after a dismal day. In a heavy room filled with negative emotions. In the songs I remember from preschool. In blessing and honor and duty. Buried in my own emotions. In the wind. In school where I can make mistakes and learn. In church full of trust and friendship. In the prayers my brother taught me to pray. Even through tragedy, sadness, or illness, when my grandmother died this summer or my neighbor died this fall. No matter how ugly and exhausting life gets, God is always near, always bringing calm, peace, and beauty into our lives. When bad things happen, God is there to guide us, even when things are scary and unexpected. My faith is rooted in prayer and gratitude. God is with us through adversity and hard times. Church is a safe space to pray and to worship. Church is home, my safe place. My faith in God makes me want to work to preserve life and all creation. Church is a place where I can grieve and ask big questions and find supportive community. The church is holy ground, a place where I feel close to God because of the people who surround me whom I trust. Having heard the ways God is drawing near to this year's confirmands, let us now welcome them into the church through the ritual of confirmation. Confirmation calls us to remember our own baptism, for we have been sealed by God's grace and we are united in Christ's love. Confirmation is a rite of passage, an established ceremonial religious act that confers the gifts of the Holy Spirit and full membership as adults in the congregation. In less formal terms, confirmation has been and is a journey. It is a journey of formation and transformation. These young adults have learned what it means to be a Christian, not only by talking about faith in church, but also by participating in worship, building relationships, and serving others. They have been accompanied by dedicated parents, faithful mentors, and incredible leaders who have made this journey sacred. So to the confirmation class of 2020, the first class burdened by the ritual of confirmation taking place while separated from one another, 
the first class joyfully welcomed into the church online in such a way as to declare God is with us no matter what. I say to you, within the church, we partner with God to make visible what is invisible by proclaiming a new reality of peace, a reign of God that is both already here and not yet realized. Church is a school of love where we learn to love God and neighbor, where we practice doing justice and loving kindness and walking humbly with the Lord our God. And it is into this school of love that we invite you today. So I ask you, having gone through this season of faithful preparation for this day, do you wish to be confirmed and by doing so, become members of Kenilworth Union Church? If so, please say, I do. And do you promise, through prayer and action, to continue on your faith journey, trusting in the love of God in Jesus Christ? And do you promise to be a faithful member of this congregation, of the whole church, celebrating God's love through worship and serving Christ with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? If so, please say, I do. And to the congregation, friends, and members of Kenilworth Union Church, with believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So do you, the members and friends of Kenilworth Union Church, promise to pray for these newest members of the church as they continue to journey in faith? Do you promise to share with them in the hopes and labors of the church bound together in the unity of Christ? And do you promise by the power of the Holy Spirit to grow together with them in the knowledge and love of God? If so, please say, we do. Amen, amen. Having written God's love on your heart, nothing can take that away from you. May the love of God continue to be written on your hearts as you go forth into this day to love and serve the Lord. Amen. <clears throat>